Welcome to Humanizing Marketing. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Marketing Cloudcast. Tina Razul and Marty Kine here, your hosts in our third episode of our new series, Humanizing Marketing and how to use data and empathy to deliver amazing engagement. What's exciting about this series is that we have been able to partner with our good friends at WordPress VIP. And in this episode, we will get to feature their very own CMO, Joyce Solano. We are going to sit with her and talk all about the customer experience and how to keep the engagement real and fresh, especially in our always on digital first world. We're very excited to have Joyce on the show. Joyce is a two-time CMO, and she's led a lot of marketing teams all around the world across several fast-growing startups you may have heard of, like Ironclad and Lean Plum. She's also had uh, strategic roles organizations like Adobe, Sun Microsystems, and she is a published entrepreneur, something I can relate to myself, being co-author of Customer Data Platforms. And across Marketing Watch, Entrepreneur, she's been published in Forbes. And a fun fact about Joyce is that she collects vintage Swiss watches. Ooh, that is very interesting. Also in this episode, we're gonna talk about how powerful content keeps customers engaged in a way that's authentic, genuine, and human. Joyce will also break down her very interesting teaming concept, which she calls a Da Vinci team. But before we pick Joyce's brain, we do want to again, thank WordPress VIP for being our great partner. And here are a few words from their CEO, Nick Gurner. Customers will actually pay for the better customer experience. And really, from our perspective, we think content really sits at the heart of digital customer experiences. Um, And I like to think about this as like, look, there is no customer experience if we don't have content. Marketing is not simply just one point where we acquire a customer through a very transactional nature. This is a relationship that we're building with customers. And and content really gets at the heart of that uh, through authenticity, which I think is just something that just generally customers are expecting in this. As Nick mentioned, content is vital in communicating with empathy to your customers, but that's not always easy to create, especially if we're trying to do that at scale. So let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Joyce as she unpacks how to create really great engaging content. Joyce, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks, Tina. Glad I get to be here uh, in uh, a little foggy of San Francisco and and chatting with you uh, across many continents and and miles, but uh, still feeling connected. So pleasure. Absolutely. That's the beauty of technology, right? Bringing two worlds together on opposite sides of the world. So really glad to have you on the show. Now, I just did a brief intro, but want to share with the world a little bit more about your career and your marketing journey. 
So yeah, as, as you mentioned before, I'm the chief marketeer uh, here at WordPress VIP. And our focus is really on bringing ease and agility of content creation, something we're thinking about every day at you know every business across the world. And particularly for large enterprises that I think have him hampered generally with not just creating content and delivering that content, but actually creating better content. And I've really had the privilege of working in the technology industry for many years at large companies, creative agencies fast growth startups. And I've been tasked with building so many marketing teams in my career, which really have been delivering to me some of the greatest moments of pride. I love sort of to lead from behind uh, a great team and generally just been very blessed and, and privileged to have had the career I've had so far in the technology industry. That's amazing. And I cannot wait to unpack a lot of the learnings that you've had along the way working in tech, because if anything that we've learned in 2020, the one constant thing is change. And luckily, working across the digital space allows us to help like influence planning and and you managing teams and working with different startups. You have a really good sense of what works and what doesn't. And so looking back at 2020, and we're starting 2021, what have you learned that has really influenced your planning and how you're reaching out to customers in this new year? Most marketers would talk about agility and pivots and changing and living in this continual change. But I think 2020 was really in many ways back to some fundamental basics. One of them is that it's never been so important to truly understand what is mission critical for your customer and then be able to have the agility to solve that mission critical problem in your domain, of course. In terms of upheaval and uncertainty in every line item on all of our marketing budgets becoming at risk. I certainly spent my time with a microscope looking at every vendor, every solution, every person on my team, every event plant, every campaign, every ad unit, and thought, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, what gets kept and what is in fact sacrificial. And as marketers, we need to ensure that companies are useful, that we're helpful, and in many ways, as helpful and selfless as possible. And if you do that well, customers will stay. If you do that well, even if you don't get a single new customer tomorrow, that customer will grow, that customer will cherish you, that customer will evangelize, that customer will refer you. And if there's one thing I learned in my planning, you know, last year and into this year, is that customer love will always open the door to company growth. Absolutely. What I love about that is you called out how mission critical and timely it is for us to be focused. I think we'd all agree as marketers, while we love to create really fun, innovative brand experiences and moments, it created an urgency that allowed us to really focus and like, actually, what is meaningful to my organization? What is meaningful to my customers to create that connection? Because I think in the past, we've sort of had more air cover to do so. But like you said, staying very focused is, is really what moves the needle and helps the company grow. Now, while we are in a new year, we've learned that things constantly change. We were just talking about being in the middle of virtual fatigue. And while we may be in back-to-back -back Zoom calls or Google Meets, no matter how much we're always on, our customers still demand very thoughtful personalized experiences as they should. And in your experience working with startups and, and being so connected in the tech world, what 
do you feel is powerful that can help organizations accomplish creating human authentic personalized moments? And do you have any steps or processes that you would recommend to our listeners? Here's a really simple thing that I believe to be so true. Today's brands are dying or living by the strength of their content. Why? Content is deeply at the heart of every digital experience. We know this year when events went away that I was glued to (laughs) either your Netflix, your device, your favorite website, your favorite blog. And when all else dissolved around me, I actually found not just solace, but actual mental health in actually thinking and connecting and relying on the experiences that my favorite brands brought us. And we know content today has the unique power to drive enterprise growth. Really, that's a huge reason why I joined the team at WordPress VIP. Why? Since our inception, we've been so dedicated to helping companies scale these meaningful, valuable customer experiences. WordPress has been around for 17 years. Many of us might know WordPress as a blogging solution, incredible blogging solution, fiercely adopted by media companies. Those media companies actually got their genesis being bloggers themselves. But the challenge generally has been is that that there's a long way to go before true personalization is realized. And it's so hard. And why we create content is wonderful from a customer experience point of view, but really it's incredibly connected to growth of the business. Historically, with content creation being the product of a media company, but content creation, and you know, you guys at Salesforce definitely can connect to this in a world of Dreamforce as we know it has shifted and has evolved more and more digital content is essential as opposed to that in-person experience. So what's so possible today is to be more agile with content, using the right tools to democratize who can create great content in your organization and also align organizations to a more human experience altogether. We believe that content one can elevate voices of diverse people who can become content creators and storytellers throughout your organization with the right tools, with the right agility, with the right opportunity to build the workflows and connect uh, systems together where we're all sort of co-creating in many ways. And in order to scale that content creation, not being top of mind, because all of that and the processes and tools are available for you, you can really just work on making the content better, not just making the content, but making great content. So certainly, I think that these are, you know, sometimes fundamental concepts, but we see enterprises struggle with them daily. Absolutely. I love how you unpacked the humanization of how content can be so powerful. As marketers, we take that for granted because there's so much content. And so you shared some really great highlights of what it takes to create these human, more connected experiences. Do you have any best practices on on where people can get started? Because I'm sure they have organizations or teams within their worlds that work on content but it's better to be more efficient and think about quality versus quantity. So do you have any steps and recommendations on how they can achieve that or how they can be better? Yeah, you know, one thing that I think we focus on a lot is creating great things, but we need to think about the operations of creativity. If we focus on letting the creators create and take away the toil 
of how to scale, how to connect the dots within even something as approvals, workflows, editorial sort of requirements, the communication, how to create beautiful content that gets previewed across every device that matters right now, how to create things visually and elegantly without training time. These are the things that if we get good at taking away the minutia of the operations by using great tools and great technology, we let the creators create. We give us that remote control to great digital experiences. And today that is totally possible because now we have so many digital platforms at our fingertips and how can we connect to our audiences and people around the world? And it's through these content platforms, which is fantastic. Now we're going to continue the topic on humanization and just being able to be more authentic because within our space, we hear, oh, there's B2B marketing, B2C marketing, but we can all agree that when we actually communicate or connect, it's really human to human. And so how can marketers today really add that wonderful, authentic human touch into their marketing? Yeah. And I think consumer marketers have a better grip on this, certainly. I think one of the challenges that I think B2B marketers typically face is that we're used to these dry feature-focused marketing strategies where brand is a second-class citizen, companies are really not willing to be as expressive or different. The outcome is that enterprise brands can feel uptight. They can feel antiquated, in many ways, even too smart to be accessible. A core question is how can an enterprise brand easily be related to? As marketers, we strive to lead with the voice of our customers whenever and wherever possible possible. Here are some of the core questions. When I ask customers and I get the answers to these questions, this drives my real human-to-human messaging, my real human-to-human campaign. And something as simple as this, but why do you value us? It seems easy to ask, but I've seen marketers struggle over and over with quantifying the value their product is truly bringing to customers. And they can't reflect that back to the market, not with any of their tactics or their message. So number one question, can you answer for your top 10 customers why they value you. When they're looking at that line item and they're drawing that line of the sand of what's mission critical or not, why do you get kept? And so I think those are very interesting. And it's great to ask those questions and to really not just sort of validate, but often you might get emotional responses. I've gotten responses like, you know what? I send my kid to school because I got a bonus. And I got a bonus because I was able to scale with the technology support that you gave me. I got promoted. I was able to get more sleep at night. I've had experiences in my marketing career when I've been told that somebody was able to be home for dinner for the first time in five months because it was something that technology enabled them to automate. And so I think that if you totally understand why folks value you, and it's just beyond the features, you can absolutely start to relate to that human-to-human scale. The second question that I like to ask is, what problem could we solve for you, dear customer, that would make you so happy that you wouldn't even flinch if tomorrow... I doubled the price of what you pay for us. I love to ask this question. And I think that's the opportunity to say there are things that we could do to make our lives easier with the right technology tools. Again, speaking like a technology marketer so that this is where I can spend my my time. I should be spending my time 
answering the challenges and solving the solutions of my market. So certainly something that that I love to ask our customers. And I really do kind of urge, you know, listeners on call today, make sure you speak to your top 10 customers. And if you can answer those two questions, I'm telling you, you're going to be full of amazing marketing campaign ideas that will become more human just by virtue of you being able to lead with those voices. Agree. I think there are some misperceptions of it's too hard or it's too technical, but a lot of the advancements being made, particularly WordPress, they've really accelerated how one could get familiar with creating content or being able to connect with others. There's lots of opportunity for the future that lies ahead. So we talked a lot about humanizing marketing and some of the ways that we can do that in an authentic real way. Now, it's a long road ahead for marketers, right? Like this week alone, we were doing an evaluation similar to what you were discussing of like, what actually works? Where should we make the right investments to see the ROI? Because we have higher growth targets than we did last year. And so in your perspective, what advice would you share to our listeners on what the road to great marketing looks like? Yeah. I mean, you know, the road to great marketing is increasingly complex. It's increasingly hard, increasingly distributed. Um, and CMOs feel a significant burden today. They feel the burden of carrying the brand. They feel the burden of carrying the growth. They feel the burden of building great teams. And they certainly feel the burden of making huge go-to-market decisions in a market that is so volatile. And I can tell you this, Great marketing is about great marketing teams. And an interesting concept that I've been hearing more about and that I absolutely truly believe, which is this idea of a Da Vinci marketing team. Have you heard of a Da Vinci marketing team, Tina? No, but it sounds incredible. I love Da Vinci. I'm a big fan. Our friend Leonardo, um, he, uh, you know, he was an artist. He's a shaper. He's a storyteller. Yeah. But he was also a brilliant mathematician. He was a scientist. He was an engineer. And this is the way I really envision building out marketing teams, which is this Da Vinci marketing team where brand health, the story, the human component cannot be in conflict with the performance. And you cannot sustainably have one without the other. It's so easy to get so carried away in what people believe might be fluffy brand marketing or to be so myopic to think it's just growth and growth and growth and channel optimization and forget the story. And it's so important to really know that with both together, that is a superpower that believe me, leads to sustainable growth and growth and growth. And marketing's value is deeply tied to growth. It's not that storytelling is not going to be forgotten, but we absolutely need to deliver meaningful creativity. And what I mean by meaningful creativity is that you know what impact that action had. We've been talking a lot internally here about this idea of informed actions, this idea that as you create and become a content builder, that you absolutely can have the accountability to know what's working. And it's beyond sort of the world of analytics and really thinking about intelligence and thinking about how intelligence and creativity play together, right? It's that beautiful left brain, right brain approach. But great marketers have to understand the power that the brand work yields, but we have to retain that highly measurable. We have to be anchored in insights. And in order to do that, you have to, in many ways, become the sort of super superpower talent magnets. I remember 
I once got some great advice from a talent partner over at Kleiner Perkins. And their talent partner, and they'd led around for one of the startups I, I was working with. The talent partner shared with me that the maker or the marker, let's say, of a successful Silicon Valley exec was not raising another round. It wasn't finding product market fit. The true superpower of the best leaders behind the best marketing teams and behind great marketing was their ability to recruit successfully. So I have to tell you that great marketing leaders must attract a polymath. A polymath is really what Da Vinci was, right? These organizations, and we need to build organizations where we can be experts across so many vast fields as the complexity only increases. So I feel like those are the building blocks to great marketing. I mean, I could go on and on about the channels and we can optimize and growth and how critical content agility is, which I believe first and foremost, but really you need to build these Da Vinci teams. And I feel that that is at least the beginning of the road to great marketing. Absolutely. Such great advice. Curious in your experience, because you've built great teams and you're building teams now, where do people start with? creating their Da Vinci organizations? I think part of it is working hand in hand, obviously, with thinking about the talent brand that you have as an individual. Do people want to work for you? Do people maybe follow you to different companies? Um, working again with your recruiting teams and what the company talent brand. So those are you know, some tactical ways. But I also feel one of the things that's really important is to also just be willing to put in the work. There's no excuse. For example, I have a wonderful supportive recruiting team, but I'm in my ATS, I'm in greenhouse all the time and get in front of my resume. I do first screens all the time. I actually feel that the cycles that I spent right now are so highly leveraged if I spend the time recruiting. And so a lot of it is to be extremely hands-on with the process and also be super clear with the culture that you're building, not just sort of a company culture, but your 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 team culture that definitely attracts the sort of Da Vinci's. Um, we need to find a lady version of Da Vinci, by the way. We um, do. Good call Kind out. of like that. a brand uh, a Da Vinci. Well, I'm sure there's some incredible uh, historic folks there that I could pull on to. So save that as homework for me. So those are some of the ways. I mean, I have been very lucky that, you know, I've had wonderful talent that have joined me at several different companies and have always been open to, you know, doing crazy new pursuits with me. At the same time, there's no excuse to not focus on hiring the most diverse team in the world. And with that said, you don't always want to hire who you work with. So keeping that top of mind, I think Automatic, which is our parent company and, and where WordPress VIP essentially, you know, sort of sits in terms of an umbrella and brand underneath. We're very lucky. We are a fully distributed company. So I'm able to hire folks on my team who work and live anywhere in the world. Um, I know, Tina, you're, you're in a beautiful place right now in the world. So that's <laughs> a huge benefit. I think many of us won't be going back to conventional office. And so I do want and hope that being able to open up broadly where we hire our next uh, Da Vinci team member will also be helpful in that we're more and more distributed. I love that. And the reason I ask that is I think as we grow and while we all have the intention to do the best marketing of our lives, that's human and authentic, having the right team that is diverse, that has the right mindset and intention 
will influence that. And so Absolutely. thank you for sharing your, your thoughts and perspective, because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think making sure that you have, you know, the right people who have a seat at the table, that it's diverse, that it's authentic and that creativeness and um, forward thinking helps influence the future of, of marketing. So now we're going to segue into some fun, rapid fire, quick hit questions. We've talked a lot about marketing, but people want to get to know Joyce. So first rapid fire, quick hit question. What are you grateful for today? Gosh, I think this week in particular, uh, today and this week is really a significant hope for our country um, to better days ahead. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Looking back at that pandemic, I think there are definitely things we all learned and took away from, but what are your silver linings? Yeah, I was really forced to slow down. And and the truth is that I, I was moving really fast and I had entirely, I think, unsustainable schedule, uh, way too much travel, probably too many happy hours, too, too many client dinners, <laughs> and also just taking, you know, uh, certainly uh, moments to slow down, I think is a silver lining. And, and and by slowing down, that certainly from a work point of view is I think we're, we're, we're definitely spending significant volume of hours on screen time but I do think that I have had you know to have moments where I can practice my guitar and and think about you know picking up that, that dog-eared book that I've been wanting to reread for a while um, my dogs are also exceptionally happy um, the dogs <laughs> I don't think have ever had this much oh, attention time, yeah. I also rekindled my love of cycling as it's been a nice safe activity to do outside and it's uh, a nice you know healthy outlet so, so, so there's certainly some silver linings I totally agree with you. I think one thing it it also taught us was take a step back in what actually matters and investing the quality time with the things that we love to do or the people that we love. So that makes me happy to know that it's had a positive impact on you. So next rapid fire question, do you have any daily routines or habits that have helped influence who you are? And the reason we ask this question is, you know, you are a two-time CMO. Some marketers around the world aspire just to be a one-time CMO. So are there any habits or routines you like to share? You know, I'm actually the opposite. I think routines suck. I love marketing because I find that every day is different. I find that every problem, you know, puts you in a different set of mind and different people to solve it and collaborate with. So I think that I'm one of those people that is incredibly drawn to marketing because nothing is ever the same. But I am a fast-talking New Yorker who (laughs) did, uh, you know, become a uh, sort of New York image grant from the likes of a beautiful uh, country that you guys have visited. I know Costa Rica. So my whole family were organic coffee farmers. So I'd say the one true daily routine for me is delicious Costa Rican coffee. I think better and I certainly make faster decisions. I certainly talk faster, which is, you know, something I need no help with. But I think the only daily routine I can ever count on is, is a delicious love of coffee. Love that. I can use a cup of coffee right now. That sounds incredible. (laughs) So earlier you talked about building a Da Vinci organization. And so what are some of the constant characteristics or traits that you have seen from some of your rock star marketers? I think it's about deep, almost obsessive, impossible to quench curiosity. Marketing is anchored in psychology. It's anchored in solving problems. 
it's anchored in relationship building. We are building relationships for our brands, for our products, for our customers, for our partners. And I've seen the best marketers in the world thirst for knowledge, become subject matter experts in anything and everything they could devour in front of them. And that's something I look for and I test for when I interview. That's great. How do you test for it in an interview? Sometimes it's really about understanding passions and things. So for example, I'm super curious and I get obsessed. So for example, my love of vintage watches, right? Yes. I was going to ask you about that. Perfect timing. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk a little bit about that. I um, also wanted to be become a mixologist. And so I have like 23 books on the art of mixology. So I think a lot of it is how much you throw yourself into something where somebody might read a blog, whereas how deep and how extra, as the kids say, would that person go to quench that curiosity? And is it truly quenched? So a lot of it is just literally how obsessive they are about certain themes and subjects that strike their fancy and how deep they go into really understanding. And so, you know, for me, those those are fun things to test for. Those are great traits and characteristics. I totally agree. The last question I have, and the reason I love this question is, I don't know if you've run into this in your career or in your life, but at some point we're so eager to grow up. I remember still having dreams of wanting to be a certain role or be somewhere. And before you know it, you, you, you are where you dreamed. And, but it's a lot of learning and it's a lot of reflection. And so looking back at the incredible life that you've had and all the experiences that you've lived, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, I love this question. And really, it's a question about how to manage the dependencies, how to manage stress and how to manage worry. I think worry has probably been the single most unifying trait that all of us humans have felt this year. And there's an old Tibetan saying, and I would tell my younger self the following. If the problem has a solution, then one does not need to worry. And if the problem has no solution, then worrying will do no good. Yeah. I'm like taking that in right now. <laughs> I'm taking that quote in because I think a lot of us could use that advice, especially in our world of wanting to control and wanting to achieve everything. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the universe, let it be, will be. Yeah, some deep breaths, uh, some hope, better days ahead. There is a light. Uh, it, it tends to, to feel a little, you know, a little dim sometimes, but I do see that there's a light at the end of, of this uh incredible tunnel that we've all experienced together. Joyce, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great to speak with you. We loved our conversation and you shared some really great advice and words of wisdom that I know will resonate and inspire all of our listeners from around the world. Thank you so much for your time and can't wait for our next chat. Okay, wonderful. Thanks, team. Thank you to Joyce Solano for joining Salesforce Marketing Cloudcast to discuss content, and building teams for humanized customer experiences. There was, if I may say, definitely a lot of great content in this episode. Get it? Absolutely. (laughs) And it was interesting to hear about her Da Vinci marketing teams and how she is so involved in recruiting the right individuals that have these Da Vinci qualities to set her team up for success. So guys, that's a wrap for this episode. Make sure you tune in next week as we deep dive into the world of artificial intelligence and marketing. Next week is definitely one you don't want to miss because we're going to be talking with my friend Melinda Hahn-Williams, who's the chief 
data scientist at Stillery. We'll also hear from Armida Pemandus, uh, vice president for our in-house AI, otherwise known as Einstein. Yes, that is definitely a good conversation we had with them, Marty. Looking forward to that one. As always, thank you to our wonderful friends at WordPress VIP for partnering with us on this series. For more information about Joyce and WordPress VIP, visit WPVIP.com. Thank you to our editing partners at Trendy Minds. See you next week. See you next week.